0: You're listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome listeners to episode 13 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockolds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom, how are you? <laughs> Always better for speaking to you. Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. And you? Well, I'm recovering from a nine and a half hour journey back from Edinburgh over the weekend. Sounds fun. Edinburgh is a beautiful city On the subject of nine and a half hour journeys Anybody (laughs) who sort of complains to go to Blooming Cornwall (laughs) You know, in a day and back again (laughs) You know, get over yourself You know, try going to Leith Mind you, a lovely part of the world They've got the Royal Yacht Britannia there Mm -hmm. Which we visited And of course we visited Edinburgh Zoo Which has got pandas in it
1: There you go
0: um, Which was great So uh, yeah, no, had a lovely time in Edinburgh But it was a bit wet But I guess it was wet down here Oh gosh, yeah uh, on this week's episode of the Tool Station League podcast, we will be hearing from the manager of Wellington. And in the first division, we will be hearing from Liam Greening. He's a new name for the podcast, and he is, of course, the manager of Shire Hampton. Now then, Tom, a week is a long time in politics, indeed. <laughs> uh, from the time it took me to travel up to Edinburgh, not only did we lose a prime minister, we also lost a team to the tool station Western League Premier Division and um, Bitten. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the towards the end of the podcast when we have a look at the league tables, because obviously that news will have affected that quite a lot. Um, But we will kick things off on Saturday, the 22nd of October, and we'll kick them off in the Vars. That's the big news. It wasn't the greatest weekend, I think, it would be fair to say, for Western Mm. League sides in the FA Vars. We won't be dwelling upon those sides that didn't make it through to the next round of the competition. But we will be kicking off with an all tool station Western League affair between Falmouth Town and Helston Athletic, a clash of the titans, and it proved to be a close affair. It did. Um, yeah, so
1: as you say, it wasn't the greatest of weekends, but there was, there was a few good games up and down the uh, for, for our sides. Uh, and obviously, yeah, a couple of old tool station ties, which obviously guaranteed us a few spots in the next round. One of those uh, taking place at Falmouth, and uh, it was the, the home side who, who, who qualified for the next round, holding on to, to knock out, I suppose you could call them, cup specialist Helsing, uh, two goals to one. Uh, so that was a, a good win for the host. Uh, early penalty uh, from Jack Bray Evans set them on their way. Uh, and then it was Luke Brabin who volleyed home a second uh, just after the half-hour mark. So they made a yeah pretty strong start. And uh, yeah, they did manage to hold on, as I say. Tom Payne uh, cut the deficit uh, three minutes before the break. So pretty uh, pretty uh, full-on
0: first half. Uh, but uh, yeah, goal a goalless second period uh, meant that it was Falmouth who progressed to the next round. And our next game takes us away to Lydney Town, where the visitors were our very own Mausel and Mousel. A really strong performance away from home.
1: Yes, really solid from the Cornish side, wasn't it? Um, Mark Goldsworthy putting them ahead really, really pretty early on. So they made a, yeah, made a strong start uh, and yeah, didn't really look back from there. Uh, second half double from Hayden Turner. He's having another pretty decent season.
0: Uh, helped them complete victory. So, yeah, Mausel, another side through to, through to the next round. And finally, in the vase, Wellington, it was another all tool station affair against Barnstable Town. But on this occasion, Tom, the form book was turned on its head. It was somewhat, yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, late drama down there. Uh, it was goalless for goalless for much
1: of the afternoon, uh, but it was Wellington who came out on top. Uh, obviously, as you say, uh, pretty pretty lowly league position for them at the moment, but they did knock out Barnstable. Yeah, two goals, two goals to nil. It finished. Uh, Jake Quick. Uh, thought he'd put the home side in front, but uh, had a had a goal ruled out for offside. Uh, but Wellington, to be fair to them, uh, yeah, great perseverance to to keep keep going forward. And uh, yeah, they were awarded 12 minutes from time, and uh, a penalty awarded to them. And Sam tower took that home, uh, breaking the deadlock. Uh, so yeah, putting Wellington Wellington one up. Uh, and then it was an own goal uh, pretty late on that that doubled their advantage. Brody Montague, the unfortunate uh, defender, popped that into his own net, and it was as I say, Wellington. Uh, very few clean sheets for them this season. I did note that, and uh, yeah, so I think it was just their second of the second clean sheet of the campaign. So, uh, good defensive effort for them, and uh, yeah, they move on to to the next round of the the Vars.
0: Well, I'm delighted to welcome to the Toolstation Western League podcast, Alex Pope, the Joint Manager of Wellington. Um, Alex, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us. Uh, It's been a difficult season, but that was a big win against Barnstable. I imagine that was just what the doctor ordered.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's been a tough start in in terms of the league, um, which is quite frustrating considering how we finished the end of last season. But sort of off the back of what I would call success there in the way that we want to play and uh, the players that we helped develop, it's, it sort of happens that you then lose players to, to clubs in higher leagues. So it's been a bit of a rebuild. Uh, and yeah, Saturday against Barnstable was was uh, something that's been coming and um, hopefully we can continue that sort of vein of performance and result going forward.
0: So what was it that went right for you on Saturday?
2: I think that the game plan that we had uh, was crucial. We've already played basketball this season, so we had an idea of what to expect, how they would play, uh, what formation they would play. Uh, and Tim and I came up with a plan which we thought would allow us to stop what they want to do and give us an opportunity to counter. It's quite quite known that the, the pitch at Wellington has a bit of a slope, um, so we use that to our advantage and. Um, yeah, the, the boys then went out there and, and played the, the game plan for the letter. Uh, we've had a few different sorts of plans and styles this season that that sometimes have come off, sometimes they haven't. But this one they got uh, absolutely bang on and that was what led to, to the performance and the result.
0: I mean, you've alluded to, you know, the difficult form you've had since the start of the season. Um I w- was it, was it was it simply a case of sort of a change in personnel from from last season or have you you know have there been other factors at work
2: it's always tough when you lose players we lost 5 um five players to southern league clubs which for us is is, is what we want to see because you know, we don't have the biggest budget the club itself is a development club it has 30 uh, teams from from youngsters boys and girls up to men's and women's and um, there's people that work very hard behind the scenes that are trying to help continue development uh, with new pitches and things in the pipeline and um, it's the same on the pitch for us as a a senior side we know our limitations in terms of budget um, but we also know that we have great strengths. in tim and i both have strong backgrounds in youth development um, and player development And we have links and connections with clubs that allow us to get that sort of player in, whether it's alone or whether it's after their time as a scholar, perhaps. And then we give them a platform to continue to progress, put them in the window for for clubs to continue their journey. Because just because uh, they may finish with a professional club, it doesn't mean that they don't have a pathway to move forward. And, And we like to think that we can work with them. It doesn't have to be players from pro clubs as well, we take players from, from college programmes um, again where we've got some connections and some previous knowledge of, of coaches and players there and yeah, it's it's been tough with with those five going, we've had to sort of adapt how we play, so we hit upon a formula towards the end of last season which saw us go on a very good run um, and once you remove some of those key ingredients, the, the formula doesn't work, so we've we've done a bit of Playing around with, with formations and shapes and styles of play. Not quite sure we've yet hit the uh, hit the finishing project there, but I think perhaps our adaptability going forward might be might be that final plan, and not just sort of having any one way of playing, but looking at our opponents, using our knowledge and our skills to to come up with different plans for different opponents. You've talked
0: about the sort of the challenges of of recruitment, actually, it's very interesting, Alex, to hear about about how um, Wellington go about their recruitment. But you know, one of the challenges that every club in the West has faced over the last couple of seasons, of course, is the you know is the travel distances. I mean, has that been a has that been a challenge for you?
2: It's not been the easiest. Um, you know, we we cover a vast amount of of the country. It's it's very different to to anywhere else. The southwest is the geography is. It's crazy really, Um, but what we try to do is find people with the right character and and the character we're looking for is people that want to develop and want to progress and um, I think we're able to find those sorts of players because that's what they want to do and then they they look beyond the travel times and things like that and actually it gives us a chance to work off the pitch and and build a bit of spirit with with the travel.
0: Uh, with the with the restructuring that's proposed for next season, and um, what will that mean um, for a club uh, for Wellington?
2: As so far as I'm aware, I believe we will be in the southern portion of the split, uh, which will see more and more games in, in Cornwall. For me, that's not too bad. I I live in Exeter, but there's a few of the boys that live sort of Taunton Way, Bridgewater Way, um, where it might see a lot of changes. But that's something we just need to cross when it comes. Uh, it might even play into our hands a little bit as well. It, it just be, it's going to be an interesting time for, for many teams and it's just something we're going to have to adapt to as and when it comes.
0: Um, let's talk about the football again. What have you made of the standard of the Western League this season compared to what you've experienced in previous seasons?
2: I think similar to last year, really. Um, the, when the Cornwall side came in, it became, uh, the standard became a little bit better. However, saying that, we lost some of the the very strong Bristol side, so um, I think it's probably been fairly similar, which is quite pleasing then in the fact that season upon season we have seen progress in terms of positions in the league and we're looking to do that again this year. But there's there's a good standard of football within the league and there has been now for, for at least the last few seasons.
0: And what about the ambitions for your side? What is it you wanted to achieve with Wellington this
3: season?
2: Um so I mentioned the year on year progression and that is something that we're we're looking to do. We've we've gone from, you know, sort of relegation favourites when we took over to beating the relegation battle the, the follow or looking to beat the relegation battle the final year, but as another season that was curtailed by COVID. And then last year we pushed on to fourteenth in the league and the the club's best FA VARS run. And this year We'll be looking to, to progress again. I won't put a number on it, but as long as we can continue to see that sort of gradual progression, um, then then that's one of our key performance indicators. Uh, the others are that we continue to give players a pathway and progress and develop players and see them move on to to clubs in in higher leagues. But for now, the short term, it's just Tim and I working on exactly what it is we want to do going forward with the players that we've got and trying to get a performance out of them week after week
0: Now let's talk about uh, the next game coming up and it's Bridgewater Now for many teams in the Western League their awesome form would probably make them um, um, not the opponents you necessarily want to be facing but you've got a very good record against Bridgewater haven't you?
2: It's one that the boys look for straight away at the start of the season Um, They thoroughly enjoy that game. Obviously, we went there a few weeks back and we were the first team to take any points off of them in the league. And we we want to give them another tough game. Uh, Anything can happen in football. As long as we go out and give the best that we can in terms of performance and effort, then there's an opportunity for us to win. Equally, we could go out and get another draw or we could come up short on the day. But we know that the boys will come to that one ready and firing and it'll be the same from Bridgewater.
0: Now this is the first time we've had the pleasure of talking to you on the podcast Alex so um, um, could you tell us a little bit about your journey to the Wellington dugout?
2: So my managerial time started um, I came back from America where I was was coaching out there and went back to my hometown team of Minehead and uh, was helping out the reserves to start off with and then the manager left I stepped into that role and then i progressed into the first team as a, as a assistant coach and then became the manager there which i was very proud of and um, after that i'd moved to exeter and uh, all the while i've been working in youth football so i was at Yeovil for two years in the academy and then i joined Exeter academy four years ago now and with that move to exeter so going to mine head became very difficult so I left at the start of the season four seasons ago and then got in touch with Tim to say there's a few players at Minehead that I think could make the step up. And then with the conversations we were having there, he then invited me to join as he was looking for an assistant coach. And um I was happy to do that. And then sort of he the more he trusted me and the more we worked together, decided that, that we we would sort of be joint managers, which is Good for both of us because we need a little bit of flexibility. You know, with things that Tim got married this year, so there was a period of games that he missed, and just knowing that we can step in for each other has been quite vital in how we work.
0: Excellent stuff, Alex. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you and Tim later this season.
2: Excellent, thanks very much for having
0: me. Now, before we move into Toolstation Western League. Action. We will have a quick reflection on the uh, on the FA Vars draw. And uh Elberton, they will play Bridgewater United. Wellington, their their reward for that victory is a home tie against Royal Wooden Bassett. Falmouth, of course, they were victors against Helston Athletic. They travel to Laverstock and Ford. Clevedon have got themselves a home tie, Clevedon Town against Mangotsfield. Uh Mausel. Again, victors in the last round. They are at home to Hartbury College. And finally, Buckland Athletic, they entertain Colompton. So very, very good luck to all of our sides, uh, those ties to be played. At the moment, on Saturday, the 15th of November, was a three o'clock kickoff. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a in hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving on to the Premier Division, and in the Premier Division, we had uh, we had four ties, and we're going to kick things off. Cadbury Heath, they entertained Buckland Athletic. What a nail-biting tie this was, Tom.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty unbelievable finish, this one. Uh, Cadbury Heath will, yeah, I would have thought they'll be pretty heartbroken not to get any points whatsoever. Uh, they eventually fell to a 2-1 defeat at home to, to Buckland on Saturday afternoon. Uh, they led the Devon side for for yeah as I say majority of the afternoon. Uh, 17 minutes they went ahead. Uh, Matt Huxley an excellent header from him, uh, putting the home side ahead. And uh, yeah, it just looked like it wasn't going to be Buckland's afternoon. Plenty of opportunities, uh, but yeah, unable to break down the home side until uh, the first minute of stoppage time. Uh, and that was uh, a goal from Josh Weber. He's their leading scorer this year, and uh, yeah, he made it made it one apiece. But as I say, C- Cadbury Heath unfortunately ended with nothing because Weber with their next attack. Struck again, uh, putting Buckland two-one up, uh, snatching all three points at the death, and as I say, leaving leaving the home side uh, pretty desolate, I can imagine. But uh, yeah, fantastic late late comeback
0: from uh, Buckland. The late late show there mm, it really was. Now, if that game was close, the next game wasn't. Uh, Millbrook, of course, last uh, last week we talked about them beating our un defeated league leaders bridgewater united they must have walked into this site 10 foot tall away from home traveling to Clevedon. of course very good pedigree but um milbrook had everything in the locker their confidence must have been absolutely sky high well if it was sky high mm. at the start it probably was rock bottom by the end of it yeah the, the the second
1: half was um extremely one-sided so maybe well as you as you noted Milbrook obviously Pretty good results recently maybe they did run out of steam uh, in this one it was only one goal to nil that clevedon led uh, in this one uh, at the break uh, and ethan felt some strike after after 33 minutes uh, but yeah clevedon um definitely uh were, were ahead uh, for for the, the remainder of the match finished six nil in their favor so a five goal second half uh, started by freddie king uh, doubling their advantage. Uh, it was then Archie Ferris, pretty much with their next attack, made it 3-0. And uh, yeah, from there, they didn't really look back. Calamis with curling home a fourth. And there was a couple of the earlier goal scorers got the name on the uh, the score sheet again. Uh, Feltman Ferris, uh, both adding to their tallies in the closing stages. So yeah,
0: their biggest win of the season, Clefton, a 6-0 triumph over Millbrook. Feltman Ferris, another so, one yeah. of those fantastic legal firms. Plenty of them going. There certainly are. Now, we were just talking about Bridgewater United. Of course, they fell to their first league defeat at the hands of Millbrook last weekend. We just talked about that. Well, they were back in action this weekend against Shepton Mallet. Shepton have been going very, very well. Shepton Mallet is not the sort of place you want to go on the back of a defeat when you need to build a morale boosting victory. But that's exactly what Bridgewater did absolutely
1: uh, a 2-0 win for them uh, they'll be yeah but they'll be over the moon to get back on the horse straight away uh, the battle between uh, the two longest unbeaten uh, yeah unbeaten starts and also um the, the two best defenses uh, in the premier division they both conceded uh, I think single fig goals still uh, in terms of league fixtures so far this year so it was always likely to be pretty tight and that was yeah that proved to be the case uh, find the well the first goal uh, 20 minutes from time so it was was goalless for much of the afternoon, uh, and it came in pretty fortuitous circumstances. Uh, Jake Brown, Bridgewater's leading scorer uh, so far this year, pop, popped in a uh, across, deflected in off the defender, and uh, yeah, nestled in the in the back of the the Shepton net. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was uh, unfortunately, uh, that was the, yeah, that, that, that was how they went ahead. Uh, they added another uh, pretty soon after uh, George King firing home from the edge of the box, uh, wrapping wrapping things up in the closing stages. So uh, a tough. Tough one to take for, for Shepton, but uh, yeah, they definitely
0: definitely gave their all against the uh, uh, the league leaders. Uh, finally, in the Premier Division, Welton Rovers, they took on Saltash United. And it uh, wasn't a great day at home for the Green Army, Tom. No, absolutely. And uh, well, coming up against
1: a, 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 a team that are banging form in Saltash, uh, very much keeping up the pressure on on Bridgewater in top spot. Uh, they yeah, They sit second. We will touch on the league tables, as you mentioned later on. Uh, but, yeah, the Ashes really, really going going well at the moment. Uh, Callum Merrin getting the ball rolling for them. Uh, he's having a, a pretty decent run of form at the moment, as I say. So, uh, to put to put them one up. Uh, and then it was Harrison Davis. Uh, he scored twice towards the end of the first half. Uh, yeah, made it 3-0 at the break. And, uh, yeah, they didn't really didn't really look back from there. Uh, Jake Bird uh, managing to pull a goal back in, in second-half stoppage time. So, right at the end of the game for Rovers. Uh, but yeah, that was that was as close as they came. So uh, Soltash, uh, a twelfth league victory of the campaign.
0: So they're yeah, they're going good guns. The bird there, proving that it isn't quite the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, moving into the first division, and we kick things off with Almondsbury at home to new Boys, Shirehampton.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, another good win for, for Shirehampton. Uh, won half of their league games so far this year. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty decent decent start for them, and uh, yeah, good. Good away win on Saturday afternoon at Almondsbury. Uh, and it was a couple of long-range long, long range efforts from uh, Scott Bamford helping them uh, claim the 2-1 win here. So, yeah, another another well, end of a, a pretty decent week
0: for for Shirehampton. Now, of course, uh, we always love to get on a new manager to the Tool Station Western League podcast, and uh, Shirehampton's Liam Greening is no exception. I could have started my conversation with Liam by reflecting on that win away at Almondsbury, but actually, when you look at the form book, we had to talk about that hell of a run of results that they've been on.
3: Yeah, it's gone all right recently. Um, we we started quite well, then we had a little dip and we've come back again now. And yeah, we're on, I think it's seven games now un- unbeaten. And it's funny really, because I started out the first two games and then seven were um, a part of a mini crisis, shall we say. We didn't play them particularly well. We had two draws, I think Tivington and Hengrove, I think, if I remember back. Um, but now, obviously, they're, they're a part of this seven-run-unbeaten and and run now, so it <laughs> swings in roundabouts.
0: Certainly is. I mean, you know, in that run, you've beaten Ashton and Backwell, you've beaten FC Bristol, you've beaten Oldland, Abertonians, and Odd Down. I mean, what's your secret been?
3: I think the goalkeeping situation... Um, We've gone through five goalies is funny enough we've actually got injury to the goalie pretty bad um he's struggling a little bit, so I don't know if he'd be there Saturday, but I think having a settled goalie, Ben Britton's come in from hengrove, young lad um learning this trade, but has been been fantastic for us really um and we've gone from we're just we're just going back to base going back to basics really we Stop conceding silly goals. We we're letting too many goals in. We we're scoring, but we we're letting too many. I think we've only let two goals in now in our last five games. Um, we've just been become more solid um, and find a way of playing. Really, that and and worked hard. I think that's the main thing from our team. We just work hard all over the pitch, and yeah, I think uh, that's 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 been the key to it: hard work and just basic um, defending, not taking too many risks and. Um, yeah, being tight at the back.
0: Because you 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 alluded to a mini crisis um, um, earlier in the season. I mean, do you want to? Obviously, you know, you you mentioned yourself that not all of the results have been um, sunshine and rainbows. I mean, is, is that something you want to consign to the dustbin uh, of history, or can you give us a window into what's been going on at Shirehampton? Well,
3: we went on a bit of a. We we started disappointingly against um, Longwell Green. Um, I felt we should have won the game. Uh, and it was a bit of a learning curve um but then we bounced back quite well we beat telephones and i think i think we went on a free game and beat and run them where we beat cheddar um hallam and bishops liddio 6-2 and then i uh, i it was all a learning curve at the time i think we were very naive or i wasn't but the players they, they had to learn quick and then we i think wells we lost 2-0 and they fully deserved it they're the best team we've played all year I think if they carry on, I fully expect them to go and win it. If I'm honest, um, but that was a game where there was a there was a golf in in the two teams. I think all the ever games we've been in the games and we've been had we had a bit more luck, and they've all been tight games which we've been involved in. But you think we could have got some out of that? The Wales game we never. Um, but then we we were, I didn't say many crisis I probably worded that wrong, but, but people were thinking it was. I, I knew that it was going to come um, and but we had to come through it and just keep working hard like I have said before like we're our working site and we just didn't have to get our heads down we were going to take time to adapt to the division um, and I think we did that and um, we've done that quickly now and like I say the key to it now is not to get too carried away I mean we went on that three three uh where we didn't win a game for three games after we beat Liddiard 6-2 maybe got a bit maybe thought we were uh, home and dry maybe then and so it's, it's been a steep learning curve but and now we've just got to remind ourselves of that um, every game we go into how easy it can be to rest on our laurels and not work hard and just think everything's going to come for us it's not we've got to work very hard for it at this, at this level and um, I think that's been the the biggest thing that we've had to learn uh, so far this year
0: so what were your ambitions coming in to the Western League this
3: season to stay up as simple as that there's no you can't obviously everyone will have their ideas and you you can get ambitious of course you can but the first every year in in the division was to st- is to stay up like that that's the first thing you have to do. I think we do that quite comfortably if i'm honest um obviously the points we've gained so far will will help towards that um and we're we're playing quite well we've got good players um and then from there you build on it and we just take each game as it comes um and it's new point getting carried away after three or four wins and it's new point getting too down, if you don't win in two or three games, just just keep rolling over, keep working hard. And I think the other thing we've got to do is just keep enjoying it. Like, just keep enjoying playing every week and keep going out there. There's no expectation on us. And like I, I keep saying, work hard, enjoy it, and and take it game by game and just see where we go now.
0: Because you're sixth in the league at the moment. And I mean, it's, it's not inconceivable that you could be in the running for promotion to step five I mean what do you think of that
3: <laughs> well that, uh, I, like I say game by game I, <laughs> I uh, yeah I'm not um, that's obviously people start looking at that and the longer the winning run goes on of course it would be spoken about but look being in this situation before like with room and glass I have personally and we weren't expected to do anything that year we went on a run and it helped us and you need a bit of luck along the way I mean, if we carry this run on and we get the rub of the green, who's to say what could happen? But I certainly we won't be going out, demand, putting demands on players to get us promoted. That certainly won't be the case. Um, like I say, we'll take it game by game see and just see where we end up. I think judge it at Christmas. And you need luck with injuries, you need luck with a lot of things. And the picture will paint itself by Christmas, I think, and we'll see where we are.
0: I mean, if we were having this conversation last season, the prospect of you going from the Western League First Division into the Western League Premier Division, would I imagine, would have been quite daunting, not least because of well, the potential it, trips.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the obviously, I don't know what's happening with the restructure. There's a lot of talk um, with that, so that I don't really know what goes on with that. It's no point trying to double guess what's going to happen with that either, because you you can just wait. You'd just be wasting your time. You just need to wait for that to happen. Um, until they, they give an announcement on that um, and yeah, I think that it was daunting coming from the county league into the first division of the modest Review and it was uh, as a football club you're you worried about obviously we're playing down at Manor Farm and there's a lot of things but I think I, from my personal point of view how to give insurance and committee and the officials they've been brilliant, they've adapted to it brilliantly, there's obviously a lot more on a match day to do so from a football club point of view, if we if we <laughs> if something was to go miraculously right for us this year and we were to go up, which uh, so we're a long way from that, I wouldn't be too worried about it because we've adapted quite well to the situation this year. I think the biggest jump was the county league into Division One, rather than Division One into the Prem. Obviously, on the pitch, the standard there is a big jump in standard for that. um and we'd have to come across that if and when it, it came along but there's nothing It's nothing to be afraid of it's never not it so it's something to adapt to again
0: Well the next challenge is Cheddar they're up next and um, yeah. you visit what I think is one of the most picturesque grounds in the country let alone in the Western League and that's that game won't be easy will it?
3: No, nope. and they gave it we've already played them once um, and we scored a injury time winner that day um, and they gave us a good game and probably deserve to win the game if I'm honest so we won't be going into that thinking we've won four or five or I certainly won't be going into that knowing we've won four or five on the bounce and yeah it's going to be a a given it's going to be a hard place to go Saturday like every game is and um, we're going to have to be at our best and we're going to have to work harder than them and we're going to have to uh, go out and apply ourselves the right way like we have to do in every game and if we want to get anything from it nothing's a given so we know we 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 know what's expected of us now, and um, and we can't let the standards drop. If we do, then uh, we know we won't win games of football.
0: Um, now Liam, you you mentioned um your previous um relationship with with Roman Glass earlier in the interview. So um you 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 know you're familiar with the Western League, and I'm sure there are pe- plenty of people out there listening to this who who you remember you from your time there. But obviously, Shirehampton are a new club um coming into the Western League this season. So for those um, who've not come across you or your club before. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey to the Shire-Hampton dugout?
3: Obviously, I spent f- uh, five years with Andy Gurney, with Roman Glass, and that was enjoyable. Left on good terms. I had an operation on, the knee, on my knee. Um, and when I left, truthfully, the first phone call I did get was from uh, Pete McCord, a Shire chairman at the time. It was during the pandemic, just as it was like hitting for the second time where all the games got called off at Christmas so I left in the October um, and I couldn't do anything really until the December um, and there was a few calls a few bits and bo- bobs like trying to chuck you in and really I had family connections with Shire it was the first place I really properly played men's football and it, yeah it just it, it was appealing um, so, we, so I took the um I phoned Pete back. We had a meeting once I was recovered from my op, and then I took the job on. Um, and what did help them was the season. <laughs> the season got cancelled uh, straight away, and um, so it gave me sort of three, four months to plan ahead then a little bit, um, which made life a little bit easier. And then um, and that's where it's gone from there. And then obviously we moved to Manor Farm. i didn't fully enjoyed my time there. We've we've done we've done really well. Like I say, we, we got promoted last year, first time in the club's history. And then this year, we've started well, but that's what we have done. We've started well. We've not achieved anything yet. We've not done anything yet this year. We've just had a good start and we have to keep building on that.
0: And my thanks to Liam for his time. Now, moving on to another one of our new boys who've been really making waves in the Western League this season it's Nailsy and Tickenham. They were at home to a very, very competent FC Bristol side, but the uh, the home side went home happy here, Tom.
1: They did, yeah. This was, um yeah. I think the game of the day. I think one of us picked it last week. i Can't quite remember who, but uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty decent. I think so. Nailsy running out three-one winners uh, over FC Bristol. Uh, home side enjoying the best of the the opening half, definitely leading by two goals at the interval. Uh, thanks to goals from Joe Berry and Luke Osgood, uh, but it was uh, the Bristol Bristol side who managed to to get back into the game, uh, scoring on the hour mark through Twain Plummer. Uh But it was uh, yeah, that was as as close as they got to a, to come back, and it was E restoring their two goal advantage pretty soon after through through Jack Vaughan, uh, helping them uh, yeah helping them gain another three points. So uh, yeah, two two strong sides, but it was the hosts who who finished uh, finished
0: as three one winners. I was desperately hoping that Ranstock Town would be able to record their first home win against Lowly Gillingham Town, but of course Gillingham have been on a very, very good run of results in recent weeks. Tom, as we heard on the podcast, and that run of results continued. It did yeah, uh, three on the spin now for for, for Town. It feels like they're going to be our. Uh,
1: we're keeping an eye on them weekly at the moment. They're uh, yeah. <laughs> Must be uh, if we had form tables, they'd certainly be uh, in the in the top half at the moment, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, three on the spin. As I say, a 2-1 win for them away at Radstock, uh, and uh, it, it feels like they're starting games really strongly. I don't, I don't know if that's just me that's noticed that, but the last couple of weeks, well, especially during this this little winning run, uh, they have uh, yeah they hit hit the ground running running in these games, and uh, James Boyland uh, certainly got the ball rolling for them pretty early on. Three minutes on the clock before before he put them in front. Uh, he then struck again uh, at the beginning of the second half, so putting them two goals to the good, uh, which meant that even though he and Jeffrey did pull a goal back uh, for the host 20 minutes from time with a with a
0: well-taken free kick, that was uh, yeah, that was all they all they could muster. So Gillingham running out 2-1 winners. Mm-hmm. And finally, in the tool Station Western League First Division, Wincanton Town they took on Stu Jones Hallen, a real clash of the titans here. An awful lot of pedigree about this uh, this fixture, of course. We spoke to Stu on last week's podcast off the back of a win against Wincanton. On this occasion, Tom, uh, Wincanton were the ones who were definitely at the races.
1: <laughs> they were. And it wasn't just two games in the space of a week. It was three. They also met Ooh. in the, the Les Phillips on uh, uh, on Wednesday evening. So, they, uh, yeah, I think they will have known each other quite well, these two sides. But uh, that might be there. <laughs> Final make of the season, but yeah, three times in a week—that is—that um, must be some sort of record, I imagine. And it was Wincanton who who gained the bragging rights. That was their uh, second win of, of three, obviously, as you say. Halland coming out on top in last week's league game, but it was Canton who prevailed in the in the Les Phillips, uh, and then on Saturday as well, a two-one win. Um, uh, yeah, so good good stuff from the Wasps. That uh, was just a, a quirk in the schedule, the schedule I would say. Uh, but uh, yeah, two-one win. Uh, Corey Thomas Barker, uh, Levingling Affairs. Uh, on the hour mark for the away side, so Hallam getting back on on level terms, but it was Paolo Borges uh, who's now scored two in two since joining the club, uh, put Wincanton back back ahead, and uh, that was how it stayed. So a two-one win for
0: Wincanton over over Hallam, and not only do they get that result, but they also get name of the day, Paolo Borges. What an incredible name that is! Um, right now, we need to move on to matters of the league table. And I think uh, anybody who obviously has had a look at this week's um, well, league table, let alone whether it was on the app or the website or the, um, the bulletin, will have realised that we've gone from 20 teams in the Premier Division to 19. Last week, the Tool Station Western League received a communication from Bitten uh, stating, that they have resigned from the Toolstation Station Western League with immediate effect. And that, that meant Bitten's playing record for this season was expunged and the league table was adjusted accordingly. Now, of course, what that means is that any team that has played Bitten this season has had the points and the goals removed from the table and that any fixtures that are to be played, obviously, uh, won't be completed. A day later the club issued the following statement. It is with deep regret that Bitten's first team has been withdrawn from the Toolstation Premier Division by the club. The decision has been taken with a heavy heart, but it is in the interest of the whole club and its future sustainability which is imperative. The club would like to thank the supporters, sponsors and management for their contribution this season, and importantly, the players that have been committed to the long, arduous journeys to date and to complete the season, which has proved to be financially one step too far to the club. The club would like to put on record the positive attitudes and commitments that have been enviable and you are all wished every success going forward. The club will now reflect and decide on its options going forward. At this stage, listeners, that is all we know um, about the situation regarding Bitten, but the um, uh, obviously it does have an impact on uh, on the league table in the Premier Division. So Tom, do you want to sort of take us through? Um, obviously, we're not expecting you to forensically account <laughs> for every point and goal yeah. that um, uh, related to Bitten, but uh, I think it is worth reflecting on what that league table does look like now. Bitten have been removed from this season's fixtures.
1: Yeah, of course. So I'm um, obviously getting we're having a, a bit of a tough time on the pitch as, as yeah. So there weren't weren't many sides that were, were um, particularly um, uh, helped out by the situation in terms of them them leaving in terms of points etc. Quite a lot of teams seem to sort of when I saw the update earlier in the week and then had to to uh, update the bulletin etc. Quite a lot of teams had dropped three points, of course, um, having having picked up wins over over Bitten. Uh, but uh, just looking at the the sort of top few spots at the moment you've got Bridgewater still in first uh, 16 games played they've uh, won 13 of those they're on 41 points only team to to crack 40 so far this year but Saltash definitely uh, keeping keeping a pace with them 12 games uh, 12 wins from their 16 uh, so they've uh, one more one more draw in their their fixtures but uh, so they're on 39 points just two team two points split in the top two uh, and then in uh, third you've got Shepton as we said a um, cracking start to the season for them they're on 25 points in third uh, and then a couple more teams that have uh, reached the 20-point mark so far. We've got Buckland in, in four, following their Lake Salvo on the weekend. Uh, and then Mausel and Barnstaple also. Um, Mousel, 23 points from 12. And Barnstaple, they've only played 10, so that's uh, among... Well, it is the fewest in the entire league, so they're uh, yeah doing well to be up in six, and they're on 20 points. Uh, and then if we look towards the bottom, uh, it does mean Caimsham now uh, hold up the rest of the division uh, in 19th uh, place, of course. Uh, 15 games they've played uh, with 8 points uh, Wellington also on 8 uh, but uh, obviously happy with, with how things went on the weekend themselves uh, and then you've got a couple other sides uh, towards the bottom, uh, single figure for, for tall points, they've been on 9 points uh, Cadbury Heath on 10 uh, and uh, yeah, so obviously there was a, as I said, a little bit of movement uh, throughout the division because obviously Benton's, as I said, their results uh, have been expunged, a good word uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it's plenty of play well Plenty of movement and uh, yeah, plenty more to, to be had because it is now ridiculously tight. There is only eight points covering bottom spot all the way up to eighth. So uh, yeah, uh, it's it's uh, nothing. Definitely nothing set in stone at, at this stage in the season, of course.
0: Yeah, Ilfracombe, of course, were due to play Bitten at the weekend. That game uh, never happened, and um, obviously those sides listening, or the the supporters of those sides listening to this podcast, who had um bitten pencilled into the diary. They'll have to take that one out because those games won't be going ahead. We, we've had a look at the Premier Division. We will look quickly at the First Division. Well, City do sit top of the, the First Division. They're doing really well. They've played 18. They've got 46 points. Um, five points behind them, but um, they've played the same number of games, 18. It's Nelsey and Tickenham. Then it's Brislington. Brislington on 38 points, um, they have only played 16 games, the same number as Oldland Abertonians, who were, of course, the long-time league leaders. Uh, they've played 16, and they have got 35 points, five points below them. On In fifth is FC Bristol, and they're on 30 points. And this week's guests on the podcast, Shirehampton, they've played 16 games. They are in sixth, and they have got 28 points. Radstock Town. Now they're at the bottom. They've played 17 games. They're yet to win a match. They've got six points. A full six points ahead of them is Gillingham Town in 21st. They've played 15. They've got 12 points. The same number of points as Bishop's Lydiard, who are in 20th after having played 13 games. Let's not dwell too much on the bottom of the table. And more importantly... We're only in October. It might feel like a bit of a horror show, but of course, we've got Halloween coming up. So that's entirely natural. There's plenty of time for many things to change in the Toolstation Western League. Tom, thank you so much for your time, as always. We have been looking at your bulletin. Obviously, the bulletin reflects the current state of affairs. So thank you very much for that. And uh, where can the listeners find it? Uh, yeah, that's on the
1: uh, Toolstation uh, Western League website. Uh, uh, if you go to the the homepage and scroll down about uh, halfway, there's a little little banner with uh, the, yeah, which is uh, where the bulletin sits alongside uh, the podcast. And uh, yeah, we well, the, so the latest images.
0: So that's on the uh, Toolstation Western League uh, website. Excellent, Tom. Thank you so much, and I look forward to catching up with you next week on the Toolstation Western League podcast.